Call the spec sheet now at 573-837-4948. You've got the spec sheet. Call us now. 573-837-4948. Scientologists and Spaniards need not dial. That number again, 573-837-4948. Please no Scientologists or Spaniards. And now, here's the spec sheet. Spec sheet. I'm Michael Van Dieven. He's Curtis Thornton. Hey, man. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. Um, you know, we never really talked about the Belgab.com Warcraft 3 tournament. Um, <laughs> we sort of just forgot about that last week. I, I didn't even know it happened. <laughs> well, sort of didn't. Um, yeah. yeah, what we did was, uh, well, I should say what Curtis did because most of the heavy lifting was all on him. Um, we spent so much time trying to figure out how exactly it was we were going to get things to work so that we could because what we wanted to be able to do was to connect to one another and play the game on something through something other than blizzard's servers and uh so we wanted to set up our own like fake blizzard server that you can trick the software into believing is a blizzard server and um so curtis pretty much broke his neck trying to get that to work and then like a short while into this process he realized oh hey yeah people already have these set up online and working and you can just connect to them (laughs) i've done this before in the past i had one set up for for a couple years uh, but obviously there's something that's changed in the software and yeah if someone else has done it why why am i going to kill myself make it work yeah that pretty much was the conclusion and so we got connected to that and everything worked fine yeah, it worked wonderfully. I think we played three yeah. games against one another. Of course, I smashed Curtis's face into the dirt in all three of those. Although, I will say, if uh, we play StarCraft, the roles are going to be reversed, I'm sure. I mean, I'm just going to... Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, this, I'm this sure weekend. you can't. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time I have to prepare. That's wonderful. Um, you never... Uh, you're going to have to get me a copy of that. I don't know if you have, like, a legit copy of that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, I, good. I own it, yeah. Actually, I have a couple copies of it from back in the day when I had heavily in parties, so I have a couple legit. Well, if you could stop abusing your uh, user and user license by sending me copies of your software, that would be good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no problem. There are people out there who don't appreciate that. So... Um, <laughs> Some people have been curious as to what the status is of the Warcraft 3 uh, Belgab.com tournament of 2014. I totally butchered the name of it there, but you get the point. And um, really, we're ready to go, I guess. the only we, yeah. we've, we know what people need to do in order to be able to connect to us. We just need to figure out what's the best way to get the software onto the computer of the people who are going to be playing with us. Wouldn't you say that's pretty much our final 
Concern. Yeah, uh, pretty big yeah, concern, I, I need though. to respond. Yeah, I need to respond back. I've had some messages uh, through the forum and email that I've been slow to respond to. That's my fault. But uh, it's actually really easy to get it up and running. It's just you have to know where to go to get it and, and how to do some steps. Well, what, so. we, what we need to do is um, we need to set up something that people can just download and it comes with a text file that tells you from the beginning to, end, to the end what you need to do to get everything set up and um, here's what we need to do is anyone who's serious about being a part of this needs to uh, let us know and commit to a time that we can all be together and do a Google hangout where we can share screens, go through it, make sure everyone's doing it at the same time, get everybody on the same page tested. And then we'll, I don't, I don't, if things work out to where we could play the game right after that, great. If not, at least we have all the prerequisites in place. Yeah. That's just the toughest part. I mean, um, I don't really want to go uploading a torrent. Right. You know, I've never uploaded a torrent in my life, first of all. So I'd like to go my whole life never doing that. (laughs) I don't even know how that works. Um, I sound like Chris Farley. I don't know how that works. I've never done that with a woman. (laughs) You Um, had a good Chris Farley impression going last episode, didn't you? I kept trying to get you to say uh, sentences in the in the what was that what, mumble what was i doing in the quasi chris farley voice i can't remember what it was i, I don't even know if you started off like that but you you it like kind of evolved into, into it. that didn't it yeah, yeah and then i started typing say this say this but <laughs> i didn't <laughs> see that well uh so we need to figure out how to get this stuff on people's computers so that you can play with us if you already have a legit copy of warcraft 3 i think they're gonna have to install the frozen throne version aren't they right can they just yeah, do the gonna... battle dot the battle net version will that work or does it have uh, to be frozen throne i don't think it has to be it's just in our setup that was the easiest way because when you installed the frozen throne extension then it automatically took off the uh once you did that and then you updated it to the latest version uh that took took care of the no cd or the not having a need for a cd anymore which huh. is what b-dub's problem was if he had and if he had had frozen throne and the update file he wouldn't have cd problems anymore so he just didn't follow the directions. No, he wasn't given much. the directions. I'll, uh, I'll cut him some slack. This if he'd time. been given them, I don't think he would have followed them. I really I mean, probably not. He seems to be a go his own way kind of guy. You know what would be nice? And I said this to WR250 a couple of weeks ago. I am so sick of when I look at this chat room saying, this person joined, this person left with all of this IRC bull crap that I don't need to see while I'm sitting here doing a show. Is there any way to make this not show up? Like, just, yeah, I think so. I mean, like, for everybody, I'm like not without not having to type a command every time I get in here, but like for everybody, just we can look in the list of people that are in the room and see who's there, you know? Yeah, I'm sure I can. I, I've already hacked the uh, the main screen to take take out options and uh, take away like the channel and all that. So I'm sure I can make that happen too. Just force a default setting on it. Well, it's I, I mean looked it's. Into it. It's like the epitome of multitasking to do a talk show while at the same time staring at a chat room and trying to, in some way. Yeah, he's telling me MV type forward slash options. No, I'm not going to do that. I am not <laughs> I'm sure typing, we can make it. I'm not typing forward slash anything to make this happen. I just want to go into this chat room and I don't want to see any of this crap in my face personally what i do is i pay a lot more attention to the chat room than i do the actual show so it works out well we've noticed uh, i've had a few uh people are talking (laughs) Uh, (laughs) keep it up people keep it up (laughs) so anyway i know who you are (laughs) 
You know, uh, you and I haven't spoken since. Uh, it's kind of odd, like, to not speak at all since the last show, and then just we didn't even speak before the show today. That's we didn't true. Testing. It's just sort of weird, isn't it? It is. I, I was thinking that when I, because I just jumped onto Mumble. Like I was sitting here going through some articles, looking at. I saw you had updated our our uh, our, our list of uh, links on your side. And I thought, well, he's either going to be there when I uh, connect to Mumble, or he's not. I have no idea. And I, I was actually kind of surprised you were there. I was on top of things. Um, you were. It hurts a little bit to know that you were surprised by my being on top of things. But <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that was. I'm uh, not. I, I'm just saying it was. It was weird that we. We we both must have been so busy in our our day to day lives. Yeah, we hardly ever communicated this week. Well, anyway, uh, this is a show about tech. Uh, so if you'd like to be on the show, maybe you have some tech support questions you'd like to throw our way. Um, maybe there's something tech wise you saw in the news you'd like to discuss. Whatever that happens to be, you can call us up, and we'll be happy to talk with you. And the phone number to do that, I'll type it in the chat room here, is five seven three. 837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. Something I thought that I would pass along to people. Um, my kid pretty much treats uh, my Xbox controllers like a wash rag, pretty much. I mean, mm. she just launches them all over the place. I mean, she's like one of the jerky boys throwing Mexicans off the roof with the hot mops. Uh, it's just not a good scene for my Xbox controllers. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, but the left top button, not the trigger, but the top button on the left on both of my yeah. controllers is just screwed. And uh, I'm thinking that there ought to be some sort of like just Xbox controller refurb kit that you can, you can buy get those out on Amazon. There. Well, I mean... You can, you can get the replace, because basically all you need to replace... Is either the switch or the the rubber surround around it? I think it's or the just switch. take it apart and clean it. But if I replace the switch, there is going to be some soldering to do, right? Uh, probably, yeah. Have you've never yeah. done this? I've not done that, but I've taken them apart to clean them because the B button. If anyone who plays Minecraft on the Xbox, my my kids just destroy that game on mm. a daily basis. So the B buttons will get stuck, and uh, I'll take them apart, clean everything out, and then it's back to new. Well, I just thought I would present this little life hack for people um if you walk into a walmart and you go into the video game section to purchase an, a new microsoft branded by the way here's a little tip don't go on ebay and buy some imported red controller from china <laughs> yeah. that looks like an xbox controller and has an xyba button and the uh, two like analog thumb pads because despite its appearance, that is not an Xbox controller. As I found out, I, as I've told you, the, pretty much the only thing I play on my Xbox is Left for Dead. I, I, we need I, to play that. Do you is have that, it? Yeah, I do. Well, why in the hell are hey. we not playing that? After all of these years, all of these I, I, times I've mentioned this game on the air, I, I've never I, I played forward. it a few times. I, I usually, if I'm going to play a zombie game, I go to. Uh, Call of Duty and play that, huh? Instead, but, but well, that's really disappointed. We could have been just killing I suck zombies. At that game, but I'm all for it. Well, I'll, it. I'll make up where your deficiencies come in. I can uh, really, I I can kick a lot of ass at that game. So I'll be right there to protect that's you. Cool. Uh, you know, I'm very good at the uh, hitting and the uh, kneeling shotgun blasts. I just uh, really, I can take the witch out in one shot. 
I uh, I'm Please something. Double tap anything I'm, with it. No, I don't even have to double tap. My accuracy is so amazing when I kill the witch that there's no double tap required. It's just one and done. Move along, kids. And uh, so yeah, I will be there to make up for your deficiencies. Thank and you. it just it's upsetting to me that we've been doing this show um, for five I, years now, and you've game. never mentioned to me that you could conceivably be playing this with me, or maybe well, even you could get one of your kids to play it with me. I mean, if you don't yeah, want to well, play it. Well, no, I'll play. The problem is that I'd rather play that with a group of people, so huh. I'm more likely to play if you and I are, are playing it. Well, that's another thing we could set up with people. If there's anybody well, listening yeah. who would like to, uh, do you want to reveal your gamer tag? Oh, yeah. It, uh, it's the same thing as the Mud everything. King. I mean, it wouldn't would be hard for someone to figure it out anyway. I'm the Mud King. Okay, so that's the Mud King, all one word, no yeah. spaces, all lowercase. Uh, you will want to put the HTTP colon slash slash www. <laughs> In the front, no, I'm uh, just messing with you there. But uh, so the Mud King, I am Jism Satchel, all one word. <laughs> I'll never forget my son the first time. He's like, who's j- 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 uh, Don't worry about it, son. Let me type that Move into along. the... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and type that into the chat room just to be sure people will get the uh, nomenclature correct, uh, the syntax. Jism yeah. uh, Satchel is me. He's the Mud King. So if you are a Left for Dead player... Part one, I, I never cared for part two. Um, maybe it's because part two seems primarily to take place in the daylight, but that may be something that sort of sucked some of the allure out of that game. I don't know. Yeah, those games are always better in the dark. Yeah. Whether know. it's the dark in the game or dark in a a room late at night. You know, really, I mean, Left for Dead is the only reason I bought an Xbox because really? I saw my brother and his wife playing this game and i thought that looks just so badass and so i finally about a year and a half later i just went went ahead and bought an xbox that was the only reason i bought this stinking thing and so Funny. you know even to this day people are making fun of me because i i i even bought a copy of gta 5 and it's <laughs> sitting there on my tv table i never touch it it's just left for dead i really suck i'm not uh, evolving game wise at all and um you know, I, I, this hack that you told me about that uh, you can send me, shall we say, instructions for, that it would enable enable me to play limitless numbers of games on my Xbox for free. How do you think I have Left for Dead? Well, that's what I'm kind of wondering: is would I ever really take advantage of this? Would I ever branch out into this sea of Xbox games that would then be available to me? I'm not sure I would. I mean, or I'm, I'm well, gonna have to get that done. I want to see how that yeah. works. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I haven't played my Xbox in months. Like, my, my son logs into my account more than I do. And uh, I, I got Madden, uh, whatever the new version is, Madden 15. I got that and played, like, two games of it. And that, that was it. That's the most. I just did that two weeks ago. That's the most I've played my Xbox in at least six months. Well, then, uh, one of us is an adult. <laughs> one yeah, of us is not. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I would like to not be, so well, I, I need to remember what it's like to have fun. Well, so uh, again, don't go buying these cheap Chinese Xbox controller knockoffs, or really any console controller on Xbox, on, on eBay. I mean, you're going to find, cool. if you just go to eBay and type Xbox controller and arrange them by price, my God, the number of just knockoffs you're going to see. And they all, oh, yeah. even if you like break down the filter to... Except only Microsoft branded products. Even then, you'll see oh, them. Oh, they just, lie about that. I know they just cannot be trusted. 
So I ordered this thing and like the thumb, the directional, the right directional pad, thumb pad, whatever it's called, analog stick, uh, it had a problem. And so like if I would aim it, like if I'd be uh, aiming my vision vertically and then go vertically down, it wouldn't respond. It was, do- it was doing all <laughs> yeah. kinds of weird stuff it wasn't supposed to be doing. So I contact this uh, Lucy Wong or whatever her name is, uh, who curiously is in Texas somehow, but she is. And because uh, I was just certain that this is an entirely, well, it is a Chinese operation. I I think a lot of these Chinese vendors, what they do is they just set up an office somewhere here in the States oh, yeah. so that they can say that it's shipping from the United And it probably is actually shipping from a location in the United States. But I mean, it's. But it's a drop off point from. Yeah, where it actually came in from. Right, it's just like a brick building with boxes inside of it, and and a mailbox. Actually, it's just a it's a mailbox at the uh, the shipping yard. That's probably even closer to accurate. Um, So I contact this lady, and first she wants to just make me keep the controller and just give me five dollars (laughs) back. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna return it. I think, yeah, I'm gonna return it. Yeah, and then. She tells me I can return the controller, but uh, in order to do so, she's going to have to knock $5 off of the refund amount. I'm like, what in the hell is this? I'm going to have to pay the money to return this thing to you. That's that's. I'm having to eat that, so you're going to eat whatever you have to eat, too. You know, we both yeah. take a risk when we're transacting on eBay. I'm starting to really get tired of some of the crap I'm dealing with from people on there. It's I'm I'm slowly... On occasion, beginning to lose uh, lose confidence in eBay as a place to buy stuff oh, from people. Don't tell uh, me that because I'm getting ready to sell a bunch of things on eBay. Well, selling, well, that's, I don't know, man. Selling is a lot. Selling can raise your blood pressure far more than buying yeah. on eBay. Um, Did I ever tell you about the, years the, ago? The, my... the, the buyer has all the rights. I mean, yeah. eBay does not get, and the, before you tell me your story, let me just finish what my life hack was here. Um, so I wanted a controller that was actually Microsoft branded. I learned from my mistake. And so I got on eBay and I was looking around for an actual Microsoft branded controller. Knew the best thing I was able to find was like $41 and it didn't even have the original packaging. It was some English second language guy on there writing that this actually came from, it came from a new Xbox, but I take the controllers out and I shipped them directly to you. They'd never been used. I'm sorry. I just don't buy that. For two seconds, I'm right. someone probably scrubbed a bathtub with one of these controllers, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's shiny now. Nobody know, nobody knows. Ship it out. Ship it tomorrow. He he buy. <laughs> he press button. You you ship. I, I'm, you know the two places to buy them from. One go to Meyer. <clears throat> Do you have Meyer retail stores? No. Okay, so because they have clearance Xbox things all the time huh. or Craigslist. Go to Craigslist, and you can buy that stuff from people locally. Yeah, but the problem, first of all, I wanted it new. Second of all, with yeah. Craigslist, if you get screwed, you've got no recourse. Yeah. I mean, there's no mechanism. I've got a bunch of broken Xboxes from there, though, in the past. Well, there's no mechanism mechanism in place through Craigslist. To you stop know. a Craigslist killer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a, a concern. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, your second concern is a bad Xbox <laughs> controller that you can't do yeah. anything with. You, uh, okay, fine. You have a point. <laughs> but... uh so you anyway. just need to go find the parts to replace it, to replace it and fix yours. Well, um, that's probably true, but I just want a nice new controller, one that doesn't have food stuff uh, lodged in the uh, data port on the top, and uh, 
that has nice, fresh new buttons. But I, I'm going to have to hide this new one from my kid. But my point was that um, the best thing I was able to find on eBay was $41, and it looked highly questionable. So I decide, what the hell? I go to Walmart's website because if you walk into a Walmart to buy one of these, it's 50 bucks on the yeah. shelf plus tax. Um, so I go to Walmart's website. You can order the same controller, the exact same wireless Xbox controller, 36 36 $14 cheaper than actually walking into the store. Why? I don't know. What kind of a retail approach that is, I can't understand. I mean, um, can you imagine? I, and on top of that, they have to ship it to the store for me. So yeah. I don't get that. I don't get why that's so much cheaper to order it on Walmart's website. I go in there to uh, the back office, that strange, like, uh, it's there's voodoo or something going on back there. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, that's where they take your photo for people of Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my photo's probably been taken in there a couple of times. <laughs> I uh, have, a ten have a tendency not to change the sweatpants sometimes when I go to Walmart <laughs> late at night. I just don't wear pants. <laughs> so anyway, you go back there and you walk out with this controller that's $14 cheaper than the one that you're walking past on the shelf yeah, in the store to leave. I don't understand that. And they had to individually ship this for me. It's but not no, like... No people had to touch that, though. It went straight from an automated system to their their place. You think people touched this? You no, think they didn't. No, I, I, I think very their system is so uh, well-oiled that a minimum of human interaction was required for that to get from their warehouse to you or to that store. More, more hands touched it after it was taken out of the box, you know, book crate or whatever it was in at the store, then there were any other part of that process from when they got it from Microsoft's distributor that sent it to the Walmart. It probably is like an automated robot arm of some kind, you know, just like yeah. that sends, uh, like it emits, uh, radar <laughs> as it moves its way about <laughs> yeah. the, uh, about the warehouse, making sure it doesn't roll over anybody. And it uh, gently places your product in the box. And um, I just, I don't know. That just seems silly to me. I don't understand yeah. why that, I mean, from the same retailer, you order something from their website and get it $14 cheaper. I'm opening this thing up just because now you've got me all worried that somebody may have touched my controller. <laughs> um, well, what I was going to say, too, with Meyer, I hate wireless controllers. I want a wired controller always. Really? That's what I use. Oh, yeah. I use wired always. Man, I've, uh, I've had nothing but great success with these. Well, I like, okay, so I, I play Call of Duty mainly back when I did play on a regular basis. And it was just that much, you know, that minor difference between the lag of the wireless to a wired controller made all the difference to me. Maybe so, that's something your brain just adjusts to subconsciously. No, it probably is. But I really like, and plus I can take my wired one between my PC and my, my Xbox which is nice. Do you think the lag is really there though? Do you think it's just, perceived? I do. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's very, very minor, but games that require you to just hit, hit, you know, a button like crazy. I mean, like, have you ever seen the mods people do for call of duty and halo where for the, like the trigger it, no. It's crazy. I mean, I've never had any interest in going to that level, but uh, I think there's a very minor, uh, there has to be because wireless, it, it's got interference, all these other things it has to deal with a wired connection can just work, you know, that much quicker. That's I mean, true. it's going to be, 
it's minor, but I think it's enough. Most games hmm. have built in lag to it, so it's not a big deal. But when you're playing, I, I, I'm using Call of Duty because it's the one I know the best. Things that has to deal with a wired. Oops. Oh, hey, hi. <laughs> yeah. It's me. Oops. Hey, how are you guys? It's really easy to accidentally <laughs> click that click here to reload. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. Uh, well, so anyway, yeah, that's a great way to go about getting a new controller for your Xbox if you should need one. Well, what I was going to say, if you look for uh, places that, that do regularly clearance uh, gaming stuff, I bought my my wire, wired controller I keep in my PC is a Xbox for Windows controller, but they clearanced it for like $20 because they were confused by... Uh, the fact that it said it was for Windows and not Xbox, which is the same controller either way. Hmm. Well, I think that conversation has uh, expired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not your fault. Just uh, I think. We're well, done. how's it look? How's what the, what the new controller? It's yeah. it's perfectly shiny. I don't see a fingerprint on this thing. Uh, nowhere. It's totally new, and oh. it's amazing. After three years of use, I didn't realize how worn the triggers were on my controllers. Mm-hmm. And these analog pads feel really tight. I mean, it, it feels quite different. I mean, you don't realize over the course of years of use just how worn and broken in a controller becomes. But uh, yeah, okay. And, you know, I did not realize, because there, there are a lot of Super Nintendo emulators that you can uh, install on your PC and just limitless Super, Ninten- Super Nintendo games that you with any console, really. But, I mean, the Super Nintendo is of particular interest to me just because that's sort of like uh, uh, the peak of my gaming youth was right there in that Super Nintendo pocket. And uh, so a lot of those games hold fond memories for me, uh, a lot of nostalgia uh, associated with those games. And so I didn't realize that you can simply plug a wired Xbox 360 controller into your PC, and the same with Jasmine Stop It. And the same with the Xbox One, and you can just simply use the controller on your PC. I had yeah, no- it'll work really well. That's the only reason I haven't been running all of these uh, Super Nintendo emulators on my PC is just because I didn't want to deal with having to go get some controller. Uh, and- well, another really fun way to do it is uh, if you've got a Wii. Ow! I, I, did you I, hear that? Yeah, I did. Oh, my <laughs> Man, this is I, a, she'll well, teach you. She's training you at a young th- age. This is a violent animal my wife and I have conceived. Uh, <laughs> this is not. She's a not going to be able to play in the NFL. My God, what's wrong with you? Say hi, Curtis. Hi, Curtis. Say hi. <laughs> wait, say hi, Curtis. Hi, Curtis. <laughs> hi, Jasmine. Uh, if she weren't so cute, that slap would hurt a lot more than it does. I have to say. Uh, <laughs> If she wanted that controller, she's like, give that to me now. Oh, God, thank you for reminding me. I've got to keep this out of reach. I mean, she just decimates all of my controllers. I mean, it's... it's uh, that's her job. You will not touch this controller. Do you understand that? This controller is not for you. I know that visually it's identical to the other two controllers I have, so therefore you have no means of determining which one you shouldn't touch. But don't touch this controller, okay? Say okay. Okay. All right, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, I think it's already over. Yeah, it's, uh, it's already. I'll tell you what. Our next episode, we need to actually live. Let's do the episode while playing uh, Left 4 Dead. Why not? I think it'd be funny. I mean, I, w- I would love for us to be able to stream while playing uh, games as a, a LAN party. I think, um, boy, that would be a very niche audience, but I don't care. Um, well, yeah, I, exactly. It's not... 
it's not because we're going to win an, uh, an Emmy or something or a Marconi Award. It's because it would be funny to listen to afterwards. Oh, no, I'm going for the Daytime Emmy. Thank you. Daytime Emmy, okay. <laughs> yeah. And the Daytime for Emmy uh, for the Southeast Missouri region goes to Michael Van Dieven for his <laughs> live-action Left for Dead broadcast with Curtis Thornton, a.k.a. the Mud King of Indiana. Yeah. You know, I've been listening like on my uh, Samsung I downloaded just a bunch of different podcasts to just see what all was out there. And I, I mean, I, I'll be the first to say I'm no good at this. I just show up and have fun. And, and my voice annoys me when I hear it after the fact. Me but, too. Well, yeah, good. I'm glad to know that uh, that my voice does that for everybody. No, I actually uh, meant my oh, voice, oh, but oh, I thought voice. I'd go with the joke. I hate I, I like it. It's so, no, I like it, it, it is extremely painful for me to go back and listen to these shows after we do them. I didn't realize. I mean, like I, I've learned multiple things about uh, the the stuff that I repeat, Stop it. and the way my uh, annoyance of my own laugh. Like I, I find myself now in regular life modifying because I accidentally listened to an episode of the the podcast. <laughs> but uh, I, I even had a listener send me a mi- message, and he said something to the effect of, "Yeah, after I got used to your voice, I I I dig the show." <laughs> I'm like, oh, gee, that confirms everything I. Uh, have pretty much hated about myself. Thank you. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jasmine. Okay, she is ripping my headphones off. I'm gonna have to get her out of here. That, this this is is not, I'll do the show with her. Show. You have to go out. Okay. Well, what I was saying is I've listened to a lot of podcasts and, and Sorry. I'm impressed by the uh, quality of this, the Gabcast, uh, Fret Files, and even Enterprises does a really good job of uh, producing quality content. It's just too bad I'm a part of it. Okay, I'm back. Uh, okay, cool. Animal removed. Um, animal. Like, that, that's awesome. Like, I think a Muppet, Muppets when you say that in Animal. Um, so anyway, Microsoft is no longer going to brand its phones with Windows Phone, nor are they going to allow the Nokia brand to continue. I don't, I don't think we talked about this on last week's show, did we? No, there were several we stories we had from last week's show that just did not make it to the air. Um, yeah. Which that happens to us every week, but <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a lot of these were worthy of holding over for next week, so that's what I did. Um, it just seems to me that, I mean, so now if you go buy a phone that has Windows Phone on it, it's just going to say Windows. It's not going to say Windows Phone any longer, and I'm guessing the phone itself is going to be branded as a Microsoft device. Well, I, I just have always... This is part of Threshold. And that's because of the unity, but we've never even concluded what it is that's going to be unified, though. Well, it's going to be unified installer and code base. Okay, so, but again, does that mean I'm going to be able to run a native, you know, x86 Windows application on a Windows phone? No, or, or does no, it? Because it's still it's still going to be basically it's going to simplify the process for building things that can be. Uh, cross-platform you know, within the Microsoft platform, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every app could be used because a desktop app maybe requires more processing instructions than a phone would have. So They're, they're trying to change. I mean, the whole fact that w- with the Windows Phone 8.1 update <coughs> that allowed it to, to be run on more processors than previous versions and Intel trying to push Atom as a, a processor platform to be used for mobile those will help get to that point to where you could have one unified code base that runs all the same apps. But I'm pretty sure that when you install the windows, uh, 
and they probably won't call it Windows Phone version, but when you install Windows 9 on a phone, that it'll be limited by the instructions that the CPU can handle. So what, I mean, okay, well, the, the whole meat and potatoes, it's my understanding of what's supposed to be exciting about this is this sort of unity between all three platforms, tablets, uh, mm -hmm. PCs, and phones. And so what is unified other than the installation, which the end user is probably never going to see anyway? Yeah, I mean, what is still... It? Well, I mean, the, the fact that like all of the interface is going to match, but but be modified for your device, so you, you should have a, a interface that that makes sense between all the devices. So you learn one, you you know them all. Some applications are going to work the same across it. Like I'm sure Twitter, like a Twitter app or OneDrive, things like that will will be the exact same app used for all your devices. So and they'll all probably share a token too. I'm sure. So you log into one, you're logged into the others. But will this mean that if I go into the Microsoft Store in Windows 8, or I guess it would, ha I would have to wait until Windows 9 for this to work? Or is the Win is the App Store in Windows 8 going to be updated in some way so that if I install an app, it's going to show up on all of my Windows crap? I bet if it's available to do that, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how the, the Windows 8 Store will do that, because I've got uh, four different Windows 8 devices, and... Uh, your Windows Store, you can log into it and see what's installed and have it automatically installed on all the others, too. Because hmm. uh, I have a virtual machine that I keep I, I keep forgetting, and I log in with my MS Live account on it, and then it just automatically starts trying to synchronize it. I'm like, yeah, this is just for testing purposes. I don't want it to sync all this stuff. So I have to log out and log in as a local user. So every app that's going to be available in the Windows Store will be available on all of these devices on the desktop. Well, no, because if it, if oh it doesn't God. have, no, no? if it doesn't have in the instruction set for that CPU, then I'm sure it won't show up. It'll be based on the device you're looking at it. And it'll every, I'm just speculating, but, uh, I would think if you could log in on your phone and your phone is an Intel Atom CPU, then it potentially could have all the apps that you have on your desktop. But let's say it's running on a Snapdragon two it's not going to be able to run all the same applications, so it's only going to show the ones that are capable for that device. I don't think anybody wants to walk around with a device that says Atom inside of me because that that branding is synonymous with slow and useless. It's a lot better now, though. I mean, that, that yeah, but it's and, too and late. I mean, that's it's. I'm talking about the branding. I mean, reception, right. uh, yeah. you know, as opposed to reality. I mean, the Atom surely is. It's got to be better. I mean, hell, the last. The last PC I bought with an Atom, this netbook that I'm using to stream the show to everybody, this thing was purchased in 2009. So that was my initial uh, encounter with an Atom processor. And, um, you know, the perception is out there. You know, the the netbook craze, which lasted for about a year and a half, I guess. You um, know, it, it kind of died when Apple blocked uh, Hackintosh as being able to run on Atom. It was around the time that tablets started to drop. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that sounds about right. And um, I mean, that initial atom processor experience is what just you have this visceral reaction. At least I do when I hear atom. Until yeah. atom, I just think weakness, sluggishness, useless, uh, low end, not interested. And if I'm thinking that, lots of other people have to be as well. I think that's why I think this pushing this atom brand on everybody 
into mo- into the mobile sphere as we move into the future. I think that's a mistake. I think it's a branding mistake. Yeah, I mistake. think you're right. It, it's just like uh, Windows Basic when they came out with that with Windows Seven and Windows Vista. I mean, I when when I saw Windows RT, Windows Eight RT, it brought back all the feelings I had with Basic and how many people I know got ripped off by that. So I mean, I have the same kind of thing. It's just mine happens to be for an operating system. Uh, Intel is going to go out of their way this this holiday season to put as many Windows 8 tablets in front of you with Intel Atom and whatever their next chipset's called, the mobile one. Uh, they want to get back into this and, and win the war. I, I think when they look at all the different Android CPUs, that are, oops, hey, I, how about I break my microphone while we're talking? Uh, I think they will... Uh, I think they can't stand the fact that they lost the mobile uh, CPU wars for a while and they're going to make a big comeback, a big marketing push, whether they'll be the fastest or not, I think will remain to be seen. Momentum is hard to overcome and in mobile, they don't have any. So we'll see. The problem is though, that they stick around. I mean, like look at AMD, AMD, like rocked their world temporarily with low end, powerful CPUs that every person who played games wanted to get for a while. And then now look at it. Intel is the way to go. I, I mean, I think. I mean, I have plenty of friends who are AMD fans and won't change. Why? But uh, b- because they've been able to get quad or uh, eight core CPUs for really cheap or six core CPUs before uh, the i7s and i5s dropped in price. And I get that, but I love the stability that an Intel chipset gives me. Uh, so I've always gone with that. And plus, if you back in the day, I would compare video encoding between an AMD and an Intel and the Intel always beat it. And so that was enough for me to realize that I don't care if I could uh, up my, my clock uh, two or three times with the AMD. I wanted the stability that the Intel gave me. Uh, But, but my whole point is that Intel knows how to hang around for a long time and be there at the end. And uh, they certainly got the cash to make sure that happens. Yeah. Huh? Well, okay. Yeah, I get it. I just, uh, I think that I, as far as branding, I also think it's a mistake to be pushing this Windows brand on everything. I yeah, mean, why not switch it to Nokia? I mean, Nokia has a long-term brand that ha- has a lot of history of successful phones behind it. If not the most recent ones, or the you know the last five years haven't been as big of a deal in the U.S. at least. But why not convert it to Nokia as the main brand you're selling that's behind? And then forget the whole Unity thing. I mean, sounds great, but uh, let Nokia be your mobile phone platform and let Microsoft fix what they broke in the Metro interface. I mean, they won't do that. But Beyond that, all the goodwill that is associated with the Nokia name that isn't associated with Windows or Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I mean... It seems like, why did you buy Nokia then if you're just going to kill the brand? I mean, is it really that hard to set up? Are you just buying the employees then? Are you just buying the intellectual property? And how much intellectual property could Nokia really have that's of yeah. that much value in 2014? <laughs> I wonder if they have patents, maybe. I, oh, that reminds me. That's, that's I heard the only report. thing I can think of. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, oh, uh, Wall Street Journal report, I think it was. Uh, and they were talking about uh, you know, my train of thought here, right? Uh, BlackBerry. BlackBerry has uh, had its biggest increase in the last, I think, five years in stock price because they have dropped a lot of employees 
uh, trimmed everything of what they're working on and uh, supposedly are on the edge of making a comeback. I always thought it made more sense for Microsoft to buy RIM than it ever did. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, back in the day. I mean, not now, but before it totally had its implosion several years ago. And the was it the the tablet? I can't think of the name of the tablet now. But uh, before that thing came out, they they should have bought it, made it the enterprise platform of choice of Microsoft's, and uh, probably would have kept Apple out of corporate environments for at least a few more years. I was going to say something. I forgot what in the hell it was. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think Microsoft dodged a bullet. Obviously, not buying REM uh, BlackBerry, but I mean, I mean, the bullet that they instead decided to absorb, uh, that being Nokia, I'm not sure how much better that was. It just seems yeah. to me that with all of Microsoft's billions of dollars at their disposal, why didn't they just, I mean, they started from scratch with a new phone operating system. That seems to me to be the hardest part. So, you know, building the phones really isn't that hard once you get the software right we know how to build a phone so i i just don't understand why they didn't just build everything from the ground up build their own factories hire their own people to work in them um i, I just or do it the, be the modern else. the modern way of you know setting up a factory in china and just contracting with uh, foxconn to have a <laughs> bunch of poor brown chinese people come in there and work for a dollar well, a day I'm sure there's a way that they're able to use this to funnel profits to through uh, the EU and save money. They probably huh. make make money on the deal for the fact that now it gives them, which I know they have headquarters all around the world, but this is another legitimate way probably to offshore profits. And I mean, there's got to be something more behind the scenes than what we would realize is just the layman who purchases these products. Not that it, I think any of us are buying Nokia phones anymore. I hadn't thought about the offshoring of income. See, Curtis, um, I just realized there's a reason for you to be here. And, no uh, way. So, thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not for me dropping my mic right in the middle of uh, the yeah. podcast. I knew someday, given enough time, you would prove your worth. I, and I, uh, Thank you. After five yeah, years. Okay. Good job. That, that was nice. I'm uh, I don't know what happened there, but you just dropped out. <laughs> and by the way, I think you need to bring your ratio down a little bit on your gate because the beginning of some things that you're saying is getting chopped off from time to time. Oh, really? Yeah, I think your it's noise... because I have all the all, all the fans are off tonight, so it's the quietest I've probably been. Yeah, your noise gate here. needs to be readjusted for that. I think it's a little too aggressive. A little too aggressive. Do you still have it set up where when you have to make an adjustment to your DBX... You have to get up and walk across the room. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Oh my god, that sucks. Well, I mean, I I can move the mic over there, but after the experience I just had of <laughs> just about crashing myself with the microphone, my uh, my boom uh, extension. <laughs> For some reason, I had the dumb idea of picking it up and trying to adjust the mic a little bit because I was leaning back, which I, I know is not good for me to uh, what, what's what I'm looking for enunciate. Uh, B-Dub, so says, adjust. B-Dub says, in your case, gate is spelled G-A-Y-T-E. Thank you, B-Dub. Uh, well, yeah, because it's a Marvin gate. Oh, see? You threw it right back at him. That's see? right. Curtis is well, just that's... knocking him out of the park tonight. I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. If you don't like <laughs> Curtis, go go F yourself. <laughs> Curtis rocks. <laughs> R-O-X. <laughs> Sony's not going to make computers anymore. Did you see that? 
Yeah, that's probably the smartest thing Sony's done in 15 years. You know, I, I always kind of liked the hardware a little bit, but... No, I, really? I dreaded when somebody brought in a Sony laptop. Well, no, I don't want to work on the hardware. I just mean, like, okay, yeah. you know, holding it in your hand and using it. It, it aesthetically is pretty nice. But, um, yeah, it's a bitch to work on. I My wife has a Vio laptop, a pink, a hot pink. Yes, I hate that laptop. Yeah. I hate it. It's a Vio laptop that was given to me by a customer. All it really needed was a new hard drive. And uh, get this, the fan in this thing was rattling. And so I started to order a new fan for it. And then I thought, you know what, before I do that. Let me throw it against the wall. <laughs> I need to pee. Let me go ahead and throw this down on the floor. And yes. we'll go ahead and take care of it. No, I, uh, oh, I got to unlock the bedroom door here. Hold on just a second. (laughs) I knew something was wrong when I saw it. So anyway, um, she's got this Vio laptop, hot pink. Uh, it's given to me by a customer. It obviously needs a new hard drive, but the other problem it has is the fan assembly inside is rattling. So I think, well, I can easily just order a new assembly and replace that. But before I do, I'm going to do a little research. And I found out that in this particular build, uh, there was a known issue with the cooling fan assembly. And so Hmm. Sony extended the warranty on this thing by three years. And I got in on that just a week before that extension expired. And so, I mean, I had this laptop given to me. I had a solid-state hard drive that was given to me. It was a brand-new solid-state drive that was given to me by a customer. I got the fan assembly replaced for free by Sony. Um, It couldn't be any better. Well, things were just great with this laptop for quite some time until just about two weeks ago, the uh, AC jack or the DC jack started acting funky, uh, so the power jack had to be replaced. So I take it to my office, I break the thing down. To get to that jack in that machine, holy Christ, is that an undertaking. Uh, it's I've never seen, I've never seen a, a laptop as difficult to work on as this bio. This is the bio. one I'm thinking of, yeah. I, I've had to replace the keyboards on what I believe is the exact same model, and... No, I, repl- I, I replaced the keyboard on this. It was extremely easy. So I don't no. know. Well, you, I had to. The, you must the have dealt with something else. Okay. Well, it was still, it was one of those hot pink Sony uh, laptops. That's what I, I didn't know. They made more than one model, but the, the cable, yeah. like typically. <laughs> You'd think they would stop after one. Exactly. No. Well, Apparently what, what annoyed me was typically you can just take a few screws off the back of a laptop. The keyboard will pop out. Then there's a ribbon cable. Well, this one slid down under it to the back to where I had to take the clamshell off of it completely to get to where I could disconnect it. And it was so annoying. Wow. No, I didn't deal with any of that. And Uh, that's the only Sony laptop I've ever worked on. That was such a bad experience. If someone gave me a a Sony laptop and said, hey, I need such and such done. I was like, forget it. I'm not doing it. Well, I know. I now know, you know, if I have to do these types of repairs on Vios, I'm definitely going to be charging people more than I would any other brand of laptop. But. Uh, I've just never seen a repair that's so difficult. And then I got it all back together and the thing won't power up. You know, <laughs> it's just like, ugh, what do I, what, what, what did I miss? What did I not do? Yeah. I mean, I had to, I can't even describe to you what I had to do in order to get this thing replaced, this, this power jack on a Vio. So if you're out there buying Vio laptops, stop it. Well, it's too Don't late go to now eBay because, and get it. yeah, that's the only place you're going to be buying them from is eBay. Yeah. But, uh, 
So they're not going to be making laptops anymore. Um, they are also not going to be making TVs anymore. That I can get that because I love Sony, uh, like high-end Sony video and audio equipment. And I have, at the time, it was a top-of-the-line uh, 55-inch uh, LCD TV. And uh, I still have it in my bedroom, but the thing has so many issues with it. Like, you'll be watching TV. Like, I'll be watching uh, football on a Sunday, and it just goes black for a moment. And so, like, the biggest... And it's always right when a big play happens or you're watching TV and a big moment in the show, it'll just flip black. Uh, this this started happening several years ago. There was a firmware update that, fi- update that fixed it, and now it's doing it again. And I've checked everything on. I mean, it's not like there's you know, with power supply going bad or something. It's, it's clearly a software problem where it just drops its connection to the port, but it's really annoying. I think Sony's uh, quality level has dropped significantly from what it was when we were younger. I just don't know what it is that happens to these companies that causes them to implode like this. And when I see stories like this, it always seems to me that like it flies in the face of and I generally consider myself kind of a right-winger in a lot of ways, but one of these axioms of right-wing ideology I never have been able to truly latch onto is this notion that business always does things better than government. Uh, it's just no matter what it is the government's doing, if you just find some way to privatize it, it'll be run better, whether that's the Postal Service or some municipality that's getting its gut cr- grass cut by a private contractor. You name it, you know, there are people out there that think that privatization of everything is the answer to all problems that uh, government is saddled with. And I've just never been a believer of that. And when you look at the bureaucracy of companies like Microsoft or the ineptitude of companies like Sony, it just seems to me that it makes it clear that some of these axioms are just really nothing more than regurgitated bullcrap that people say. (laughs) I I just don't buy it. You know, I'm completely for separation of government for my personal life i have a very strict or very narrow view of what i want government to be involved in but that's just what i want i know that in a society as large and as complicated as ours you have to have some give and take in there and the the business world well sony to, to give the example of that tv after i've made the purchase sony has no interest in continuing to keep that tv running their their most important goal is to make me first off not hate them and second buy another tv from them as soon as some new feature comes out so they're going to keep me running to the point where i don't go out and bash them on twitter and facebook and all the social media things but then they want me to buy the next thing so there's really no incentive to create a long-lasting great product and that's how pretty much all technology is anymore Uh, and that's kind of proof of what you're saying that business on its own doesn't always make the, the the best decision Sometimes you have to have a a governing group out there to watch to help maintain some quality standards. What I'm saying is that I believe all business interests should be nationalized and taken over by their respective governments. I'm Michael Van Gaven. And you are that government. Uh, Not necessarily, but I would like (laughs) to run things. Thank you. Yeah, I understand that. I think you should. Netflix is making its way into Europe. uh, And they're fighting pretty uh, heavily for... VPN not to be used anymore. I guess there is that. Yeah. It, I mean, it's typically been the case. If you leave the United States, you're going to have to 
sign up with some sort of VPN service that fools Netflix into believing you're in the United States if you want to be able to use the service from outside the country. And uh, But I think Netflix over time has become better at weeding those services out, and it's gotten harder and yeah. harder to connect to Netflix through one of these VPN services. I mean, is that true? I've heard people yeah, complain I, I it's getting harder. It better. Uh, yeah, I've heard that they're able to detect it, to to detect that better, but uh, and I also just heard a report. Uh, I think it was last week uh, about Netflix uh, was actually the one slowing down their connections, like with uh, Comcast and other providers. That they were the ones that were slowing it down. Not they, they, like there was no net neutrality or anti-net neutrality from like Comcast and other carriers. It was actually Netflix themselves. Uh, there's a guy who's suing them because their uh, uh, SEC filing that they claimed that uh, they had like 99% of the networks out there were 95% were using their content streaming uh, or content caching services. And if that's true, then the only way Netflix could slow down at the ISP level is if Netflix was doing something to slow it down there. And what you're talking about there is where Netflix goes to your internet service provider, Charter, Comcast, whatever, and they say, yeah. we want to put a box in your facility and you know it'll have hundreds of terabytes of storage and we'll just put all our movies on there so that they go directly to your customers from this box instead of transmitting over the internet, which makes no sense at all. And um, mm. so that's what you're referring to, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So next, uh, next story. Uh, I have yeah. no, I have no further questions for this guy. <laughs> uh, I rest my case. Then Netflix is great, and it the sucks. story here it really isn't Netflix moving into Europe. It's the fact that since they're mov- a movie service, that they have to jump through so many hoops in order to make that happen. I mean, the the real well, this story- is a company that had the the biggest flub of of, of any uh, social media connected uh, company. You know, like basically in the last. Uh, last five years i mean when when they tried to do their their release of the gaming service and then also i can't remember what it was now that they were going to do but the backlash they had against them was so huge that i didn't think netflix would be around uh but look they've come back stronger with you know their own content i mean they've become a network on top of being a streaming network they've mm-hmm. become an actual producing network right uh they have and, original and, you know, content original content right uh which I, I find amazing because that that now puts them on on par with all the places that they're fighting with in terms of uh, getting what they claim to be fair shakes, and I wonder how that's going to work in Europe. Well, I think the real story here is just how antiquated the movie distribution business is. Yeah, where it matters. I mean, really, it matters where someone is as they're watching a movie on Netflix. I mean, that is just so twenty years ago. That approach to movie distribution and how it all works mm-hmm. and who's allowed to see what, that is just so silly. I mean, yeah, I, with your region code on your DVD player. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what what in the hell is wrong with this industry? Yeah. I mean, um, and it's not Netflix's fault. It's the fault no, of these uh, content producers who put their movies on Netflix. I mean, Well, I always find it amazing. Uh, like, I have DirecTV as my TV service. And I'd be the first to say that I can't stand direct TV, but it's who I have. And uh, excuse me. And uh, I'm amazed to see uh, movies. I mean, not like big blockbuster hits, but, but low end independent movies that come out on it the same day it gets released to theaters. And I think that's the future. Yeah. I don't want to have to, to go to 
the movies and deal with all the stupidity involved with the people around me uh, to watch the next Avengers movie if I didn't have to. If I could watch it release night at home on my huge TV and sound system, I would much rather do that because I've tweaked my environment to be perfect for it versus listening to the idiots around me trying to say what what they got right and what they got wrong during it. I really hope that Hollywood gets smart with that. You already can do that, though, buddy. It's called BitTorrent. <laughs> yeah, it's I know. But BitTorrent. I know, but I want I want to pay. <laughs> I want to pay Marvel for the next movie. You're a schmuck. That's why. I know. I was just recently talking about how much money I spend every month on uh, software as a service. <laughs> well, software as a service. Pay. Yeah, I've got Adobe. I've got Microsoft. Uh, who else? Um, I can, I, there, there's at least two or three others. I, I was adding up like over a hundred dollars a month I spend Man. on having services available to me online and software. I would ridiculous. never be able to explain that to my wife. I would <laughs> I never, I would, there's just no way I would be able to explain that to her. I mean, well, she kind of, on that, top of it, I mean, she comes from a country where nobody she knows has ever paid for a copy of windows. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, there's just no way I'm going to be able to make her understand that. If I were to do that, I, I, I yeah, just, but I'm making money off of it though. I mean, it's not like, well, if you're making money, that's one thing, but, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but the thing is I don't every month make money off of it. Sometimes I'm ahead and sometimes I'm behind like things that I use explicitly for the co- purpose of running my business. That stuff I'll pay for. I mean, yeah. it's a tax deduction anyway. And when you're making money off of something, you've, you've got to be legit. Right. <laughs> there are certain exactly. Le- yeah. But, you know, I just, uh, this whole getting regular consumers, just Joe Blow out there on the street to sign on to this software as a service premise. No, it's, yeah, I, it's just not going to work. Well, I think you and I have talked before about like freeware or shareware programs that are, are really good. I'm willing to pay for that. And, you know, even if it's freeware, I'm going to, I'm going to throw money to the developer because i understand what it took to get that product out there um th- there's a a freeware project for uh, having multiple computer displays all connecting to each or multiple computers connecting with a unified screens and mouse attached to it that i was getting ready to put a, a decent sized donation into it because i was using it every day then they updated updated to a newer version that i think made linux available to it because uh, i used it for mac and pc to share desktops across them uh, and then I, I update it and it not only crashed my video card, uh, I couldn't get the video card to come up until I reinstalled the operating system. It was so bad. Uh, and I thought, well, I think I'm done with this program. Yeah. That's the double edged sword, I guess, of having a donation only software, unlike Firefub where you have to pay double to get it. And then, you know, we start paying you back for every month you use it. What you do is, uh, when you install Firefub, which is the uh, free and open, well, I can't say free, but it is the open source browser that uh, Curtis and I are developing. And uh, what you'll do is, before you run it the first time, it asks you for your uh, bank account information. It doesn't deal with credit card numbers. It just wants to do a direct (laughs) checking account (laughs) draft. Um, you know, just to eliminate middlemen, we really aren't interested in having uh, middlemen between you and your browser. Sorry, uh, shoot us for that. Okay. We're trying to create a better user experience for the people. Um, so what you'll do is you enter your bank draft information and every time you type a vowel, two cents, see, um, that's, it's kind of like how, when Firefox, when you use that and you would search on Google, Firefox made money, this is our model like that. 
Yeah, it's just people are always throwing around this word monetization. Well, we've yeah. come up with a method to monetize this browser. No more annoying Google search bars that automatically come up whenever you run this thing for the first time. Just uh, try not to type A-E-I-O or U or sometimes Y, depending <laughs> upon what it follows. Three cents for the Y if it turns out to be a vowel. Sorry about that. But that's only for, sequences that, cost more. That's only for people in Guam. Uh, if you're anywhere else, you can you can just type the letter Y till you're blue in the face. We don't care over at uh, Firefub, over here at Van Dieven Enterprises. Yeah. We're not concerned. Uh, Firefub, it's not the future you want, but it's the future you deserve. Listen, this, I mean, are we ever really going to release Firefub? And I'm serious. I, I created a version of it. You just need to download it. I actually found my... But the My version you form. created, all it does is put an icon on the desktop that does <laughs> That's nothing. That's more features than Firefub had in the first 10 years of development. <laughs> I want to see... I keep telling people, the, la the last release we, we did of Firefub had too many actual features in it, so we had to pull it back because of that. <laughs> if, if you go on bellgab.com, you can see I released the <clears throat> entire schedule of what we were going to do with it. I think we've done a good job of keeping on track with that. Um, well, if the schedule is <laughs> a blank page, it. then yes, we've uh, we've really kept pace. Yeah, well, um, you know, it, it's done so well that I actually let the uh, domain name go because uh, I used to be able to download my uh, desktop icon installer. <laughs> I really want to see this product. I mean, we could go back through the uh, spec sheet archives and listen to all of the uh, pre uh, the uh, uh, all of the <laughs> suggested features of this product that have been mentioned on this show over the course of these years and just really truly implement them can you imagine how awesome this browser can you <laughs> great. can you imagine how many people would be talking about this browser and what kind of like pr that would be for this show to know that there's a browser out there that only allows you to look at pictures of dandelions on friday <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's a Friday, just step back. You need to be thinking about what you're doing for the weekend. You don't need to be browsing websites and what have you. Just here's a picture of a dandelion. Now go plan, <laughs> go plan your Saturday. You know that would be awesome. <laughs> it's just uh, there are a lot of features we can build into this thing and make it uh, the premier web browser uh, for the uh, up and coming, forward thinking uh, internet user of today. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Sony's not going to have any more computers. How about that? Uh, back on track. Yeah, Netflix, I think oh, it's a... Oh, we went on to Netflix. Okay, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Chameleon808 in the chat room says that if you've got a 1000 bucks, you can get your crappy D-grade production to appear on Netflix. Isn't that hard to believe? How much? A thousand bucks. A thousand bucks. That explains all those icons that get in the way when I try to look at documentaries, right? But why do I have to pay them... To play my content. I mean, if I'm because putting there's a distribution network. Yeah, but I mean, if there's nothing on there to distribute, then the product, the platform, loses its value. Yeah. So that's sort of like, um, uh, what's the analogy I'm trying to think of? Uh, you know, like in, in publishing, it used to be that uh, these magazines could pretty much just grab advertisers by the nose and walk them around and slam their face into a, a, uh, bowl of like murky cat water <laughs> but, <laughs> but now the advertiser walks the publisher around by the nose the magazine publisher it's just yeah. like these relationships no i don't need you you need me it's just like one day a light bulb clicks and one party realizes 
that the other actually needs them as opposed to the inverse. And I don't understand. I That doesn't make sense to me. I would have to pay to put content on Netflix for their customers to be able to enjoy. It's not like their customers are going to pay an additional fee or uh, am I going to get something? I mean, what am I getting from that? Do I get some pennies or something every time one of my productions gets a spin on there? I mean, I don't get it. Well, it's just like uh, coast to coast. I bet a lot of those places pay. Uh, is it premier premier radio? Is yeah. that who owns it? Yeah. I bet they pay premier to be able to present stuff on there. <clears throat> Well, supposedly they don't, but I don't believe anything they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was just looking to find my Firefub quote uh, or, or release notes on, on Belgab. I found on accident from October 11th, 2011. God. Probably one of the few actual rants I went on on the website. <laughs> it's funny to read this <laughs> because it's about Netflix. And I realized just how, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Biased I am as I read it. Uh, Analog Kid had posted uh, an image about Netflix saying, Dear World, Netflix is an awesome company. Over the last few years, there have been a lot of changes or a lot of hate towards Netflix regarding changes in pricing and service options. Have we forgotten what it's it was like 12 years ago when places like, and it shows an image of Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, were your only option? Thanks to Netflix, we've gone from $5 a night DVD rentals with a $3 a day late fee to nearly unlimited rentals delivered to your house for as little as $7.99 a month. Not to mention the fact that they have pioneered online video streaming, setting the trend that most companies now follow. They manage to do this, even though the big com- movie companies are trying to screw them at every turn. Uh, so my response back to him, this is what I think is funny. Uh, I wrote, Netflix did not succeed because they fought the good fight. They won the battle against the rental box stores because they were cutthroat. They offered less selection, lower quality streaming, and less service for an extremely low price. Their customer accepts a low standard because the price is so low. Everyone with an internet connection could tell that internet streaming TV and movies are the future. It was just a matter of who was willing to lose millions to build up the infrastructure to maybe profit from it one day like Amazon with online book sales. The image or what the text I read, read a minute ago really annoys me because of the false history it represents. Netflix won by being cutthroat, and now they'll lose because they are treating their customers just like they did, or just like Blockbuster did. Someone else, maybe Amazon or ironically Blockbuster, will figure this out and set up a service for the right price versus selection and will be standing on the ashes that once was Netflix. Boy, did I get that wrong. You know, uh, you were just so aggressive there toward Analog Kid. I got to wonder if maybe that's why he no longer posts on the forum. Man, if you could just maybe with bottle. Him, if you could just maybe bottle your aggression a little bit so that you don't run people off the forum. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, the thing is, as I read that, I realize how biased I am because my parents owned a video store when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so Curtis, I have, you're I, so I have cute. A certain, I have a certain point of view when it comes to this that maybe isn't completely fair. You're so innocent and cute. Oh, that's something. <laughs> well, well, you know, the mom and pops were awesome. And, and I totally do agree. They, they, overcharge for late fees and the rental but it's, it's funny that i just happened to see that right there uh, apple is going to be shutting down uh beats audio or beats music yeah that you have no idea how much that annoys me when i saw that article or when i saw that and uh put it on there because I, i'm a subscriber to beats music and i actually like it this is from music.mic.com i guess that would be would be mike 
Uh, TechCrunch is reporting that Apple soon going to axe Beats Music, the streaming service Apple bought for a mind-boggling $3 billion in May. The writing was on the wall for Beats Music. The report notes that many engineers from Beats Music have already shifted duties to other projects within the company, like iTunes. Observers noted that the new family of iPhones released earlier in September don't come preloaded with the Beats Music app, and that CEO Tim Cook has rarely mentioned his big guy since the acquisition was announced. Uh, his big buy, rather. I was like, big guy? What are you talking about? Dr. Dre's yeah, we not know. that big, is he? Well, I, I was amazed that Dr. Dre didn't come out during the uh, big iPhone. Couldn't they have used that in some way, have him standing out there with an iPhone? That would have been so much cooler than Bono. And if Tim Cook refers to Dr. Dre as his big guy, let's be honest, isn't that a little racist? <laughs> in 2014? I mean... I would rather find out that Dr. Dre refers to uh, Tim Cook as his big guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little race. That would be more interesting. It's just, uh, I don't know. It might push a few buttons out there. Um, an Apple spokesman says that the report is not true, but didn't elaborate. And they yeah, add that the streaming service won't stutter, but instead modify, shutter, but modify over time. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, it is so much harder to read from three feet away uh, off of a computer screen than it is to have just like printed paper in front of your face. Like when I, I was it. when I was doing news radio, I never ever ever read anything off of a computer screen, even if it were right in front. of I always printed it out. Printed it out. It's just so much more pleasing to the eye. So much. Uh, you can just read with so much more fluency than you can off of a computer screen. I don't know why that is. That's why. You know, no what no matter what kind of e-reader they come up with, I I just don't think it's ever going to truly replace the aesthetic and the uh, experience of a book. Anyway, yeah, that yeah, no, I agree. I I mean, uh, I have an iPad and uh, I got it. Like the main reason I I got it was I thought I'd read books on it, and I don't. I never. I, I the feel of having an actual book is so much better, and I don't think it could be replaced. I don't care how many trees get killed with it. So, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying. I've never tried to to read from paper uh, while doing our podcast, but I'm sure I'd suck at it equally as bad. NVIDIA's new GPU proves moon landing truthers wrong. This is a... I, this, yeah, I was really surprised by this article. Not at all what I expected. Uh, in what way? I, I, I thought they were going to have like a video game, like something that you would go through, or that maybe they had some telescope. I... I, I I went one of two different ways, either one, a video game or two physical technology to find out what they actually did was not at all what the, the, the uh, article title made it sound like. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting though, because what they do is they have these algorithms that determine how light should and would reflect off of every surface type. And, um, what's that mm. dust on the moon called? Is it legal? Uh, yeah, I, just look at the data. It's in the data. Nineteen point five. <laughs> yes. Shut your face. Yeah, I know. I can't remember it. Yeah, it's got some like Ligarith or uh, someone in the chat room will tell us. I'm not even going to bother trying to uh, Google search that while I'm doing the show. But uh, Regolith is it? Regolith. It's oh, something that lith. That's yeah, something. you're you're at least close. I mean, yeah. Uh, anyway. They, moon bases. They know what the <laughs> Israeli moon bases. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I hope other people get that. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So we know what the reflectivity of the moon surface is. It's, it reflects about 12% of the light. And we know what the reflectivity of the actual suits that the astronauts wore on the moon, purportedly wore on <laughs> yes, the moon. Right. Uh, is it about 85% reflectivity? Luna regolith. Regolith. Did I have it right? R-E-G-O-L-I-T-H. Did I say regolith? Yes, you did. That was one of your... Okay, that was one of my uh, verbal... <laughs> one of your many attempts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the funny thing is that uh, moon dust on Wikipedia redirects to, to that lunar soil. <laughs> you, were, you were fine with anything else you picked. Hmm. There are a lot of <laughs> anyway. choices. Yeah. So anyway, this article says that they, they had a lot of data to work with. They knew what all the materials were on the lander so they can determine how light's going to behave as it uh, bounces off of these objects. Um, the um, And one of the uh, primary focal points for people who don't believe that we landed a man on the moon is this picture of, uh, I think it's a picture of Buzz Aldrin coming yeah. off the lander and the photo is being taken by Neil Armstrong in the background. And they say, well, there's no way that you would be able to see him that well lit as he's coming off the lander because there's no atmosphere to diffuse the light. And so they've never taken into account what this thing, this, this simulation, I mean, no matter how accurate it is and no matter how much data it takes into account, no matter how complex the algorithms are in order to make sure that it actually emulates a real world environment, it's still a simulation. But right. It, That's it, why I thought this was going to be more concrete. Well, it accounts for things that, the uh, truthers never account for, which is, yeah. first of all, these suits, they reflect about 85% of the light that hits them. And uh, if you actually, and I'll post a link to this article uh, on the website. Okay. Well, I, okay, I just did it in the chat room. Well, if you scroll down, you'll see in this simulation the position that Neil Armstrong is standing in as he takes Buzz Aldrin's photo. And that 85% light reflectivity coming off of his suit. And so that alone would explain, in part, the lighting that you see as Aldrin is coming off the lander. The other thing is that even at 12% reflectivity in the regolith, that amounts to something on the order of like 10 60-watt light bulbs on the surface of the moon for every meter. That's a lot of light. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the other one, and so they, they sort of, you'll have to read this article to really, truly understand what it is they did and why it's of any importance at all. And some people will like entirely discount video. it anyway. Well, where are the big spiders? I thought there were spiders on the moon. I want to know where the Israeli bases are. I don't see them yeah. in this photo. Well, I think it's because they're at the angle they're at is off just a little bit. Um, and the other thing Those that are on they, the dark side. The other thing that they take into account is the uh, lack of a starry background that a lot of conspiracy people point to as uh, proof of that. One's easy. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I was going to say just the fact that with, with the camera they were using and the exposure of it. I mean, anyone can take a picture in the circumstances like that and have the same outcome. Well, it's the aperture of the lens, right? And if, if you open the aperture enough to reveal the starry background, everything in the foreground becomes extremely white and blotted and 
uh, just overdriven with white. Yeah, I'm just saying that any conspiracy theorist can test that theory, improve it, or you know, disprove or prove their position pretty easily. I so totally believe we went went to the moon. The, the I mean, I mean, the only ahead. thing that's a question for me is the is the radiation, because once you escape the Van Allen belt, aren't you just being pelted with radiation, just unshielded radiation from the sun? And I can't believe yeah. that the hull of the ship would be able to protect you from that. We're talking about gamma rays. Well, I, I think a big part of why we went there is because we just didn't care. Like, I, I can understand, like, people who say that we faked the moon landing, we did it in a studio somewhere. Uh, if they say we, we, we faked it just because they want to say we that we faked it, their conspiracy theory for conspiracy's sake, I have no interest in it. But as soon as you tell me that your conspiracy is based on the fact that we would do anything, including lie, to keep the Russians from uh, advancing faster and better than we were. That makes sense to me, at least. I can ground that in some kind of reality. But I believe we actually did it. I think we did it without consulting all of the different things that could happen in the process. We are the same country that detonated uh, the first nuclear uh, bomb in space just above our atmosphere just to see what would happen. Uh, knowing that there's a possibility it could destroy our entire atmosphere. And so, I mean, if, we, if we're willing to do that, then we, we'll send a couple guys up to, to space with no regards to what uh, will happen to them in terms of radiation or just space debris. You know, you know all the different things that could kill you very easily uh, when you're out uh, exposed outside the protection of our atmosphere. Uh, so I believe it happened. Plus, it's really easy, isn't it, to take a telescope. I've never done it. And to look and see parts of it. Of I mean, the, I land, you could the see landing site? Of something with it. I thought there was something no. out, some kind of marker. I thought they had left. There's, Am I wrong? There's Well, there is a reflective surface. It's a laser reflector that's on the moon that they use well, to yeah. uh, measure the distance between the Earth and the moon, and which I think yeah, is expanding was, by an inch every year, by the way, which is scary to me. That is crazy. Isn't that scary? Just the... <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, just the there's no permanence at all to any of this. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, if you've ever watched... Uh, the the time machine the remake of it that they did with uh oh who was that it was a guy pierce uh the the scenes where they show where he's jumping in the future and the moon we go mine it and then end up cracking it and it's yeah. up, like this broken thing in, in in the sky i thought man can you imagine if that i i could see us making that mistake but uh i thought there was something that you could use maybe maybe you have to use uh satellites that are up in orbit well but i thought there was something that you could focus in on if you had a powerful enough telescope to help prove it. Well, I think that I don't know. I'm, I don't claim to be an expert. In this. Well, uh, we all thought you were Curtis. So well, I am, just, but I really uh, have... you just opened the, uh, pull back the curtain for us. Um, there, there were some photos that came out a couple of years ago where you could see the tracks of the, uh, moon buggy, which by the way, my uncle helped, uh, my, my great uncle helped design that shit. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And uh, anyway, you can see the tracks of that thing on the moon, but I don't, re- I can't recall if that was a telescope orbiting in space or if it was yeah, one it on be. a, uh, at an observatory on the surface of the planet. I don't know. Yeah. For the record, I do want to state I am an expert in faking moon landings, but we're both agreeing that it wasn't fake. So, yeah, I just, uh, you know, 
I, and by the way, I watched that. Uh, what what's the Stanley Kubrick documentary on Netflix? Isn't it three eleven? Yeah. Room three eleven or room two hundred one or something? I don't is, is remember. That, what. Is that the one where they show like the room where they filmed everything and he yeah, recreates it? It's. Um, I didn't find it to be particularly compelling at all. I mean, yeah. Just well, uh, I love. I've brought up that the Area Fifty One book. Uh, I can't remember the name of the of the writer right now, but several times where. She claimed that uh, Area 51 is an area is a spot where they filmed faking the landing, uh, and brought up several times about how CIA, uh, yeah, CIA agents who were uh, former uh, Air Force when they would fly around experimental planes would wear gorilla suits to confuse the people who would would have UFO sightings that were actually uh, top secret airplanes. They'd say they saw a gorilla flying around in an airplane, so. <laughs> I don't put any of that past our government to do things, but uh, I don't think they conspired to fake a moon landing just because. I mean, it'd be so easy for us at some point to prove or disprove this by going there. And that's the other part of this is why haven't we gone back? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I mean, it it seems we pretty much lost the will. There was a, uh, you know, we reached a point where they would have these moon landings and they wouldn't even be covered by the CBS evening news or, Mm -hmm. uh, and they wouldn't be covered live by any mainstream news outlet, uh, ABC, CBS. I don't know if ABC was around at the time, but NBC, CBS, they weren't even carrying it. That's how much the, uh, public's attention toward these things just evaporated over time. And, uh, so I think that's a big part of it. It's the will is, is founded in what the people are interested in at the time. And if the people aren't interested, then the money's just not going to go to it. Yeah. Well, not to mention that our next generation spacecraft was, uh, designed specifically to not go very far out of our, or basically just to orbit our planet. I mean, the shuttle, I mean, as, as a child, I was so impressed by it and I wish I could have seen one take off like in person, but it, it was it, it was limited by its own design from day one. Yeah, that really is a buzzkill, isn't it? Just to know yeah. that that vehicle was designed from the start. You will not be landing. The- hey, if you yeah. think you're going to land this thing on the moon, you just step back and hold on, buddy. You see these wings? Yeah. You're not yeah, landing. I mean, I mean, it's just from by design, it was yeah. a limit. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, it, it was designed specifically to be at that time they thought low cost uh earth reusable I mean, why we had just gone to the i mean they were already designing it before you know the apollo programs were done uh, why and it's cool if they were building that to to launch satellites and they had a specific plan for it but why not have the next generation whatever sitting out there too i guess there is kind of that cool uh uh, drone thing that can go up into space. I forget the name of it right now, like X something. Uh, that's kind of scary how it will live up there for months at a time. But uh, is something then, has something been done with the chat room? Because I'm not seeing all of this. This person joined. This person left. This person left. This person joined. I'm not I seeing think we any just have that. such a good group of people in there who don't leave. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't do anything. Huh. Maybe it, it was the. Uh, the the chat room fairy fixed it. Well, that's interesting. Okay, no, never mind. It, yeah. yeah. okay. Thank you, Onan. All right, uh, they just popped right in there and let us <laughs> yeah. know what was up. 
and he has no idea what we're talking about either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that cat smile. You see it now. <laughs> so based on Nvidia and what they have to say, you people who think we didn't go to the moon, you're full of crap. Uh, yeah. Nvidia says. Now go so. buy an AMD video card. Yeah, that's how you'll show your frustration. Go buy a, a crappy AMD video card and show Nvidia what's up. Um, yeah. let's see what else do we have here. Um, well, what do you do? You have anything that? Uh, well, I had the Apple Beats also. Uh, oh, okay. I you had a couple that I was going to post. Uh, the uh, the first iPhone drop. Yeah, and, l- uh, listen to this stupid idiot. He's yeah. the first guy to buy an iPhone in Australia. And listen to what a dummy he is. Here we go. But a young bloke called Jack walks out. A young with a bloke. Very first I think that's Jack's Okay. So obviously there's a rush of people running up to Jack, and here is what happened when I ran to Jack. Have a look. Okay, now this is just the normal iPhone, is it? This is just a normal iPhone six. Yeah, I didn't want okay. a bigger one. Okay. All right. We're idiot. doing a reveal. Then Jack. Oh. Uh. Now, remember when Xboxes and PlayStation 4s were a big deal? People would grab them and just slam them on the ground. God. Do you, I hope that's not what's happening there. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't seen the video, but I've read the story. Do you know if it actually broke the screen? No, I don't know, but I bet it did. It, I mean, I thing, mean it, was, it just listen to, listen yeah, to the hear, sound as that thing hits the ground. It's just such a horrible sound. iPhone 6. Yeah, I didn't want okay. a one. All right. We're doing the reveal. Thanks, Jack. Oh, oh. Man. The reveal. Thanks, Jack. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Oh, that's. I think I know who killed Kennedy now. That's back into the left. Back. <laughs> yeah. Why is there an Australian making the case for a conspiracy here? I, I don't understand. <laughs> um, though that's horrible. I mean that packaging sucks, man. You open, yeah. you pull that top off of that box, and just there, boom! Immediately, it's an unsecured six hundred dollar phone that's not strapped down or anything, nothing, just ready to be lifted right out of there. But this guy's a dummy. I mean, first of all, he doesn't apparently know how to open. Hey, idiot! You've got Did it. Never- you've got it crooked. You have to lift the. That's. It's got to be lifted off straight. He's like grabbing just like one corner and why can't yeah, it lift off? Slide. I don't understand why it won't open. I'm just pulling. I'm sorry. I don't understand why it won't open. I tried lifting this corner here. It won't open. I don't know. Oh, there <laughs> it goes on the floor. Oh, there you are. I'll just pick it up here. That's all right. It's all right. Yeah. I think he indicates as he picks it up that it's not broken. Oh. Let's see if we can hear what he says. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, good. I think he broke it because he's scratching his finger on a uh, on <laughs> on the surface <laughs> on this one little spot. After he picks it up, I think he broke that thing. Good, oh, dummy. Well, well, you know, I, I had a on my 4s. I had a screen protector on it, and I dropped it. The only time I ever dropped uh, an iPhone on concrete, and I pick it up, and there's a dent in it. I'm like, man, that sucks. But everything still worked. I, I didn't worry about it. Then I go to replace the phone and take the screen protector off. And the dent was in the screen protector. The phone was perfectly fine. And that's why I always have a screen protector now on all my phones. My my Samsung, first thing I did with that big screen, I'm like, I do not want this thing to crack. 
especially since I have it on AT&T Next. For those of you who want to see that video, I just posted the link in the chat room there directly to the video on YouTube where this moron drops the phone. Um, can, can you believe that the the 6 Plus has been outselling the 6 pretty heavily, according um, to Apple? Well, I mean, they have the same hardware inside. The only difference is the bigger screen size, right? And the camera. The camera has an optical stabilization on the 6S. Optical stabilization? Yeah, versus digital. On the uh, Plus, you mean? Yeah. You said I S didn't know is. that the camera protrude protrudes from the back of the phone either. It's gone very Google Nexus. Well, I think it's because the phone itself is thinner, but there's just no yeah. way to. I mean, you know, if you, you know, yeah, a lens then, is I, a lens, and it's got to refract light. And there has to be space in there to do that. I would much rather have it be a little bit thicker and not have that stick out. Which I would put it in a case anyway. But that still annoys me. That that's my biggest complaint <laughs> on the the Nexus Five. What they need to do is they need to make the camera an external thing. So when you want to take yeah. a picture with your iPhone, you plug the eye cable into the bottom of the iPhone, and at the other end of the eye c- cable is an eye camera, and you point this at the eye subject, and while you're pointing with one <laughs> hand, you have your phone in the other hand, and you have to, like, set the phone <laughs> on your leg so you can <laughs> press the button on the screen. iPhone, now with FireFub <laughs> camera. <laughs> you can just, use your... That would just be such a pile of shit. I would love to see that. Like you look like an old, like uh, Civil War photographer holding the flash yeah. up, just yeah. like taking a stupid picture of people. Well, at least there's no protrusion on the phone. Uh, this, that would be a great video to make. Oh, I would just love. I would if I were the CEO of Apple. I would spend millions of dollars per year just creating fake versions of the <laughs> iPhone that have these ridiculous features oh. like, you know, that's got a little compartment where you can put... <laughs> they just released it. It was the iPhone 6. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a little Kool-Aid compartment inside. It holds <laughs> 0.4 ounces, 0.4 people. Uh, but if you're on the go, this is for the people who are a little more athletic. Maybe you're jogging, maybe you're on the treadmill, and you're a little parched. You just pop this little plastic cover open on the bottom of the iPhone, and there's just a little, there's a quarter of an ounce of juice in there for you. Just enough to get you by. And there, there's an app called iJuice. You open this app, and it'll tell you how much is left in the reservoir i mean we spared at apple here no expense in bringing these products to you and we know this is why you'll choose us as your next smartphone manufacturer it's the i survivor next time you find yourself handcuffed in the back of there in the trunk of a car you'll have just enough liquid to survive <laughs> i so totally want the chameleon says the stylus is a straw <laughs> the i survivor <laughs> now with i kool-aid oh that's great no, it's with apple kool-aid but you can only now put you you can only put Kool-Aid in there, though, because Apple has a partnership with the people. Yeah. Who, and if you put any other drink, the iJuice app will well, tell you Well, you can't, you because it comes, it, comes, it, comes, it comes with two fluid ounces. That's all you can. That's how they punish you for not using the Kool-Aid. The iJuice app. <laughs> I, I can see Johnny Ives saying, 
Now you too can carry Apple's water and Kool-Aid. These stupid Apple partnerships. Fuck that company. That's the last straw. I put up with it for six revisions of this phone, and now I can't use the iJuice app. Fuck this company. I've had it. That's the last straw, literally. Man, that's what it took. The iJuice app would not work for Gatorade. I've had enough. That's, <laughs> as long I, as Android comes out with an unlocked one. If I'm going to drink something that's got a bunch of high fructose corn syrup in it, I at least want it to refresh my electrolytes. Thank you. <laughs> Redacted mm. in the chat room brought us full circle to our moon conversation. Uh, no Tang either. <clears throat> oh, God, no Tang. I'm sure that uh, it's got a sense. <laughs> tang, tang goes in the new windows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that, um, you know how they have these little paper sensors in there that change colors. If you, uh, get your phone wet and you'll, you'll yeah. have a problem with your iPhone and they'll take it back and they'll be like, you used, uh, you used V8 in this thing, didn't you? There's uh, well, if you see this right here, it's purple. So that indicates V8, uh, as you know, the iPhone is only good for Kool-Aid. So your warranty is shit. Get out of our store dummy <laughs> i would love <laughs> it only comes mm. like with two fluid ounces of of the very specific flavor of kool-aid that you pick and then it, it's out of it and you can't replace it and you take it back in and you say i don't know what's wrong with this there's no kool-aid in it and the apple uh, genius looks at you and says you drank the kool-aid get it you drank the apple kool-aid I'm here. I just thought I'd look. <laughs> I was gonna wait. <laughs> you really held on there. I was. Uh, yeah, I, was I was impressed. Hey, hey, you know, if I'm flying the ship when it goes down, I'm going oh, all the way. Boy, yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> Can you recategorize? Boy, Jim, the Jim Jones edition from Chameleon. <laughs> look, everybody, I got you iPhones. <laughs> Zebo says to refill the reservoir, you have to get it refurbished and turn around to six weeks. <laughs> There's like an assembly line. You just see this little thing coming down into the phones, and then it goes up. And uh, there's another satisfied customer. He'll soon have a phone full of Kool Aid. It's going to be amazing. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Well, that was a waste of 20 minutes. It was great, though. Um, you need to recategorize our podcast as comedy now. I don't know. Um, it's not all good comedy, but it's comedy. I'm not feeling kind. Con- I think that's a bit presumptive to say we are a comedy podcast. How do you know you're funny? That, it's like <laughs> good point. Like um, I don't know. Well, I never, sure there are, I never I, said I, we were funny. I'm, well, but ca- I'm sure there are a thousand podcasts out there that are categorized as comedy. And well, that's, that's actually kind of interesting. If if you go into how you do this. Because someone who just listens to podcasts probably has no idea how completely Wild West open it is. You can call yourself anything. I'm sorry, I'm chewing nicotine gum uh, sporadically and then taking it out when I need to during the show. I, <laughs> wait, wait, what kind of gum was it? It's uh, it's the Nicotine. Uh, <laughs> now with Apple iPhone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, when I laugh like that, I feel as though I've been crying. <laughs> 
and uh, I know I actually did a little bit. My eyes. Well, I did. I was teary eyed. My eyes get all puffy, and uh, it's like my grandma died again. I just uh, <laughs> I had to boy. take my glasses off. Man. Okay, so the fappening happened again. There are more photos that are being pumped out there into the public unconsciousness, uh, the public yeah. subconscious. Uh, is there anything we really have to say about that? I mean, the method by which these photos were acquired. There's no word on how that happened. I'm sure it's the same method that the others were, which was a uh, social engineering attack on people's iCloud accounts. You know, yeah. Click here to reset your password. Yeah, I'm such yeah, a I, I'm such adult. That actually happened to me one time years ago. I had this awesome because it used to be back when people actually cared about their Yahoo account. Um, yeah, there was a point at which you could no longer use capital characters in your username and. I had all of these various usernames that were associated with one Yahoo account, all of which had underscores and capital letters and just really cool usernames. And some douche sent me an email telling me that I need to confirm my <laughs> my Yahoo. This was back in 2003. This got stolen. I can't believe I fell for this. The, um, telling me that there have been some complaints against my account and that I need to log in in order to address these concerns. <laughs> and so I'm such a douche nozzle. I sit there just dutifully typing, okay, there we go, bum log. <laughs> and here's my password, enter, and oh, hey, guess what? I can't get my Yahoo account back. And years ago, I decided, well, actually two years ago, I decided, you know what, just for the hell of it, I'm going to try and recover this account. And <clears throat> I went through all the uh, processes that Yahoo has established in order to uh, fix this type of situation. And I went so far as to send them a photocopy of my driver's license, um, whatever an other... in Romania? What? <laughs> you sent a photocopy of your ID to a Romania? There was a guy named Vlad who took it? I'm sure he would... I'm Well, he's probably too busy typing up viruses in his basement. <laughs> and to, downloading stuff on his extremely fast internet. He told me he has a gigabit, yeah, uh, bidirectional. It's it's asymmetrical, and um, he. I think he said he pays nothing for it because he. Well, I'm moving he, in with him. He paid. Um, <clears throat> well, he's kind of hot. That that, well, that yeah, alone well, is his internet has nothing to do with yeah, it. I view the internet as just a perk, baby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <that's>, uh, <laughs> for me to post selfies. But um, he bought into his, this is how different things are in Romania. He bought into his internet connection years ago and like essentially got a, a lifetime yeah. subscription to his internet service by just paying this one time. And so now I guess until he dies or until Romania is taken over by one of the grandchildren Russia. of Ceausescu and... Uh, overrun by communism again. Until that happens, he'll have free internet. It's so, uh, like he's got six months. Gigabit. Uh, oh man, that... asymmetrical. Yeah, that's uh, or is it asynchronous? Those are the same thing, asynchronous, right? Asynchronous. Yeah, <laughs> I like a asymmetrical. asymmetrical. Sounds good though. But would asymmetrical be correct as well? I mean, because yeah, it's saying that you're not tied. Your your down isn't tied to your up. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay, so there are more there are more boob photos of famous chicks out there for yeah, you. Yeah, you know th this has interested. never been interesting to me. I mean, like I really <clears throat> like if they if they were involved in it, if it was some kind of publicity stunt by the celebrities, maybe I'd be more interested in it. But like this is creepy to me. I don't know. Is everything that's wrong with the internet? Yeah. Um. 
Okay, well, I think we're out of stuff to talk about. Microsoft is doubling its... Oh, this is great. Yeah, that, that one, I because I, I since I pay Microsoft for, for stuff, I, I get OneDrive. Okay, well, like, we all know how many partnerships Microsoft surely has with the federal government. As a result of all of these government-owned computers that need to have Microsoft Office installed on them, and the various other partnerships Microsoft has forged with the federal government over the course of these years, decades now. Um, so Microsoft has this cloud storage service, used to be called SkyDrive. They rebranded it, of course, as they do with everything every six months, as OneDrive. And now, uh, if you go ahead and enable on your phone the automatic photo and video upload feature to send your photos automatically up to Microsoft's <laughs> cloud servers. It's great timing for that, isn't it? They will give you an additional 15 gigabytes of storage space so that you can upload even more photos and videos <laughs> yeah. to this company that I'm sure works with the government anytime they get an opportunity to do so. I oh, I, I, I don't... I, I, I think Microsoft as a result of their government contracts, is the least trustworthy company in the world where your data is concerned. I mean, I trust Google a thousand times more than I would Microsoft with my data, where the government's intrusions are concerned. Oh, I agree. I mean, that's not I mean, to say Google's entirely trustworthy, but I... I, I, I consider, I do, I consider I do Google feel the like, government. I do feel like Google isn't complicit. I feel like they at least don't want to play ball i do get that vibe but mm -hmm. um i don't get that vibe at all from microsoft i feel like they're just so deeply entrenched in in their uh business dealings that they have with the government and and uh all of that that whatever the government asks for there's a lot of money to be lost in not cooperating with the government and there are a lot yeah. of other solutions out there that, that the government could turn to in order to replace some of the stuff that might i mean microsoft office is so easily replaceable Oh yeah, there's plenty of alternatives now out there that, for free. I mean, you could use Google Drive for most everything that uh, just an average user would need. I mean, once you get into Power Excel type stuff, <clears throat> it gets a little bit harder. But there are definitely tools out there to do that. Yeah, so I'm just not interested in uploading my stuff to a Microsoft cloud service, and I think the mechanism in order to get the additional storage, I think that mechanism creepy. is creepy. It, yeah. It just I don't think that's just incidental. That seems well, to me the that, creepy way of. That, yeah. that, I mean, do you feel me on no, this? I, I mean, that just no, doesn't I agree. seem. No, I agree. I, that doesn't seem incidental to, to say, hey, if you'll just go ahead and just go ahead and send all your photos and videos to us, uh, a, yeah. an entrenched partner with the federal government, Microsoft, we'll go it's ahead and no give you some additional storage so that you can send even more crap. It's no different to me than when uh, Dropbox. My my first Android phone, the HTC One, I could get like a bunch of storage if I automatically would sync uh, to to uh, Dropbox. And I thought, there's no way. I'm not, I don't care what kind of extra storage I get. There's clearly a reason why they want me to have them be my one provider for for everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. I trust them more than Microsoft with my data, but at the same time, you know, I don't want anyone to try to demand to me that I use their service. The iPhone 4S is not going to run as well if uh, you upgrade that thing to iOS 8. As is always the case with older Apple hardware that gets updated to a newer revision of iOS, you always find that the hardware has a little bit 
more difficulty in keeping up with the software that it's running. And um, the 4S is no exception. The reason this art, this is an Ars Technica article that I'm looking at here, where they basically do a breakdown of what you're going to end up doing without if you should upgrade your 4S to iOS 8. And I guess the reason they chose the 4S is because the 4S is the the oldest revision of the iPhone out there in the wild today that's going to be updated. So they yeah, just go to the least, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah. beefy hardware. And yeah, I'm holding a 4 in my hand right now that still has iOS 6 on it because I won't update it. You won't? <laughs> no. Really? Because it just gets slower. Uh, well, but, I mean, didn't they address any of that? In iOS well, seven, as time went seven, by, seven the the last uh, that works with it is is four. So I just like with this, I have a four S that I won't update to uh, eight because I keep it at least yeah you know, whatever they say the last minimum uh, acceptable. You can pretty much assume it's going to be crap on it. So I just keep it at the last optimized operating system for it. My kids use them to watch Netflix and listen to music. Uh, so I really don't really care. I don't care if it doesn't have all these extra features. Hmm. Well, they say you're not going to get AirDrop. What is AirDrop? Like if, Air, you, it, if you upgrade your 4S to iOS 8, you're not going to get AirDrop. What the hell is it? Yeah, AirDrop, that's where you can put your phone in like a mini protected uh, network to where you can share files with other people. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Android has something like it too, I think, or at least apps that can do it. But if I remember right, <clears throat> excuse me, we laughed so much that uh, I now can't talk. Uh, you 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 go into AirDrop. You can you can put MP3s, files, whatever, pictures, and share them with people who are around you on the same network. Is it like just a point to point network? Like I think so. Like I don't think it's using Bluetooth your or something. Yeah, probably. I've never used it. Hmm. I, I avoid anything like that. Like like the bump apps. Things oh like yeah. That. I, I don't I don't do anything. I disable all that. Beyond yeah. the security concerns, it's just a battery drain. Right. Touch ID, you're not going to get Touch ID if you upgrade the 4S to iOS 8. What the hell is that? Touch ID? I thought that was uh, 5 only anyway. What is it? Uh, isn't Touch ID where you can touch the uh, <coughs> home button? I could be wrong. Maybe I'm way off, but <clears throat> I thought uh, Touch ID was the hold your finger on the button, uh, on the home button, and it auto detects your fingerprint. Oh, really? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Let me look that up because that doesn't. That would seem... be that would be a nice way to do that. Like on the on the S5, in order to use the fingerprint feature, you have to slide your fingerprint across the home button, and I don't care too much for that. I think it would be nicer to be able to just place the finger there and rest mm. it, and let, it, let it. it do what it does. But the problem is, like for instance, if my phone's locked and I want to be able to unlock it using the fingerprint. You have to grab the phone with your left hand and then uh, separately swipe your finger with the other hand. Whereas with the pattern unlock, you can just hold it in one hand and there's your thumb. You just do your pattern and right. easy peasy. Uh, it's just uh, the the fingerprint thing seems cool on the surface, but and I've I've I spent like I, a week or a week and a half actually using it just so I could give it a fair shake and see what the practicality of it all was, but. Really, in a real-world usage situation, it doesn't make any sense. It's silly. Yeah, I, on my 5S, I, I tried it out, but I really don't... It was kind of annoying to me to, to have to do that, and it wasn't all that accurate either. Yes, uh, Cat Smile, how am I going to fap when my hands are so consumed with unlocking and swiping and uh, p- 
pushing and I, I just, uh, it's too much. I need a free Hold hand on. at any moment. Um, you never know when they're going to show horse videos <laughs> on uh, Animal Planet. Um, That's so like there's, uh, you're not going to get Touch ID. Uh, you weren't going to get that anyway. So that's kind of a. Why? Because that was only enabled on 5 and 5S with oh, the Sapphire okay. home screen. Okay. Well, that's sort of a, that's a bit of a. Yeah, it's. That's, that's kind of like FUD, sort of. Yeah. <clears throat> um, handoff for applications. Uh, though iPhone call forwarding to other devices works fine. Handoff for applications. What is that? I don't even know. I wonder if that's saying that your settings for one app carry over. That must be a new iOS 8 feature. Hmm. Let me search that one. Cause I... Um, and you're also not going to get support for OpenGL ES 3.0, the Metal Graphics API, and 64-bit ARM version 8 apps. So yeah, there are going to be a... apps you can't run, apps from the Apple Store that you can't run on the 4S if you upgrade it to iOS 8. Because they depend on that <clears throat> API, which isn't available because it's not 64-bit Okay, so we're bringing us back to what we were talking about with Windows. Isn't that a little Apple bit of fragmentation? I mean, everyone's yes. always pissing and moaning about Android, and it's fragmentation, fragmentation. I don't even think half of these people use the word fragmentation ever once in their life until, yeah, well, until hate... the word started poking. It's a, it was sort of like hearing the word gravitas back in 2004. Yeah. Well, I hate as a, because I'm a web developer by day, and I hate the fact that I now have a completely new screen size with Apple that I have to pay attention to because the plus in landscape mode looks totally different than, or it has a, a new layout to it and uh it doesn't match any of the other phones i'm really annoyed at that so now responsive web design has one more thing it has to pay attention to so beyond all of these features you're going to lose on the 4s if you upgrade it to ios 8 it's going to be slower and um really ios 8 is designed for a larger screen and a 64-bit processor which you won't have oh yeah and so you're going to find yourself doing a lot of scrolling there's going to be a lack of performance, and uh, I guess basically what that means. Is, but you do have to hand it to Apple. I mean, when did the 4S come out? I mean, wasn't that 2011? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. I mean, I'm trying to think. This is, it's been at least uh, two and a half years. I mean, you have to at least hand it to them for giving you the option on a yeah consumer you know it's it's just a but anyone it's a, just a disposable piece of consumer crap i mean yeah but really. if you uh if you've owned multiple generations <laughs> of iphones you know how bad of an idea it is to try to update that phone well maybe if it is that bad maybe if the user experience is that questionable i mean there are all sorts of things apple won't allow you to do because they're afraid of how it's going to impact your user experience and they don't want your perception of their product being uh, shaken in any way so it sort of begs the question why do they continue updating these old phones yeah i mean well, 4s seems a little kind of slow 4s seems a little long in the tooth for and uh you know i mean yeah it's just i don't know that seems a little silly to me I don't know. yeah well I, I updated my ipad mini with ios 8 and i can tell it's slow down on it too Part of that could be the fact that my kids take screenshots of every video game they play, so it's... As you should. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I finally told my son uh, before I did the update and I didn't have enough space on the, the thing to, to download it. I said, you don't have to have like five screenshots of the exact same thing. I don't mind if you keep one, but there's no difference between like the first one and the fifth one. And he was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll get rid of them. Yeah, come on. Um, Minion USB stick gene sequencer finally comes to market. I mean, look where we've come. I mean, if you watch these documentaries yeah. about serial killers and what they had to do in order to get the DNA in order to convict people 20, 25 years ago, um, we've come from all of that to being able to buy a USB device and within just a few hours sequence your entire uh, genetic code. How about yeah, that? Yeah, that's amazing. Um. I think this is a French company, and the article, this is from ExtremeTech.com. The article mentions that in France, um, it is illegal. You can get hefty fines in prison for trying to order a paternity test. Oh, really? Yeah, France has all sorts of really weird DNA laws. What's this going to do for more COVID? um, Well, he's not French. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just saying in general, this thing infringes oh. upon his most successful. It would be hilarious if there's like an episode of the Maury show with this new USB device where he's like, uh, now let's find out if you are the father. And the mother's sitting there going, mm-hmm, of course. And then they bring the little USB device out and the audience just sits patiently and quietly for six hours <laughs> as yeah. they wait for it to sequence. That would be hilarious. Yeah. This is going to sound dumb, but I... I, I I'm looking at the article here uh, from Extreme Tech, and they've got a picture of a laptop. Like you said, it's French, and the laptop's called Stone. And so I'm looking it up. It looks like a cool aluminum case. Anyway, <laughs> I, I want to know more about this laptop. Um. Oh, yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? I didn't notice the yeah. laptop. Yeah, it looks looks high quality. Who knows if it really is? Oh, it's got Windows 8 on it. Never mind. No, it's 7. No, I'm. I went to the website stonegroup.co.uk. Oh, well, I'm looking at the one in this article. It's a Windows right. Seven machine. Okay. Well, so anyway, you're going to be able to sequence your own DNA. Everybody, get ready for that. And what'll probably happen <clears throat> is there'll be all sorts of software that's going to be coming out that's tied into the API that's released by these ma- people who made this thing. And so you're going to be able to do all kinds of silly stuff with your DNA. Can you imagine uh, logging in and take six hours to verify if it's you or not? Well, you do need to make sure that our identities are, are uh, confirmed, Curtis. You can't just have yeah. people willy-nilly getting on your USB gene sequencer. So, yes, you sit down and wait the six hours, okay? <laughs> yeah, you sit right. down, wait the six hours, and shut up, people. Uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's it. This is the spec sheet. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Um, we sort of shot ourselves in the foot by doing the show on a Monday as opposed to Tuesday, at least in terms of live listener count. I mean, as I look at the chat room, there's hardly anybody in there, but that's because everybody expects us to be here on a Tuesday. Hold on. My God. Yeah. You having the same thing I had now. Yeah. Going around. Can't shake it. It's something lodged. It's like there's a garbage can in my throat. Anyway, I had a DNA sequencer. We could figure this out. Well, this has been the spec sheet. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show, and we'll be back next week, probably on a Tuesday. I assume it'll be a Tuesday. If not, we'll figure out figure it out one way or the other. 
Um, and that's it. You can download the show at ufoship.com where there are also other podcasts you can enjoy, including the spec, uh, including the Gabcast and also the Fred Files. Check those out. We uh, appreciate everybody who listens to these podcasts because we don't make any money off of any of this. So the only real payment is just knowing that people are out there listening. So we appreciate that. And uh, everybody have a good night. See you, Curtis. Yeah, it's you. Uh, been a pleasure. Yep, till next time, don't forget your eye juice. What? Don't forget your eye juice. I didn't catch that. Huh? Okay, see ya. This is the spec sheet. 